This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. A Scorpions classic, like two Scorpions in a brandy glass, right? Uh, you got DeSantis, who has said, danger, 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 Floridians. It's a super emergency as Hurricane Eon is barreling towards the west coast of Florida. Expected to go right over Cuba and devastated in half. And it's gaining strength as... It goes landbound towards Florida. And this is so interesting because already in advance, based on the National Hurricane Center, which, by the way, is located right in Miami, <laughs> they've said according to their GFS model, which is the American model, versus the European model. Yeah, there are two ways to assess hurricanes now. I don't trust the European model. But anyway, they say they both conflate, Lou, and that this hurricane, Eon, is going to slam right into the west coast of Florida. In fact, uh, in advance, a preemptive strike. The mayor of Tampa has ordered people to emergency evacuation out of one section of the city, out of Hillsborough County. And it's expected that that will spread because the storm poses a super serious threat to Tampa and St. Petersburg. In fact, the mayor of Tampa said the evacuation shelters are a last resort and are uncomfortable and crowded. She recommended the residents seek shelter with someone that lives at least 20 miles inland and to evacuate St. Petersburg and Tampa. The sheriff said there still will be additional police presence because when uh, hurricanes like this hit, guess who comes out to play? Looters! And that's when local residents in Florida who do not fold like cheap cameras at the urging of their elected sheriffs put up big signs on the plywood, Lou. And you know what it says? If you loot, we shoot. Oh, give it to me. Yeah. As we're safe and secure from the high winds of Hurricane Fiona, that smashed through the maritime provinces of Canada. And now we're waiting to see where Hurricane Ian will go. By the way, Lou, 
Uh, you can pick up 10 uh, sandbags in Hillsborough County, which includes uh, Tampa, St. Petersburg, uh, Clearwater, that whole area there. But you must show ID or a recent utility bill to get the bags. Now, isn't that incredible? you got to show ID or recent utility bill to get the bags. But here in New York State, you don't have to show any ID to vote. To get sandbags, you got to show ID in Florida. But to vote in New York, hey, you don't have to show God's pumpkins. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this is one of those classic hurricane moments that make the careers of reporters. Now, it's... It's almost like gallows humor, but there are reporters, no-name reporters, all up and down the East Coast who are begging, who are praying, lighting their, their Chavez candles, their candles in church. And you know what they're asking for, Lou? That the assignment editor sends them out there to tether themselves to a telephone pole so that they can be broadcasting right in the middle of the big one, like our own Geraldo. Rivera did in Galveston, Texas, off the Gulf of Mexico in 2008 when Hurricane Ike leveled that gorgeous city. And they say that anybody ignoring the evacuation warning in this area may face certain death. Geraldo Rivera is live on the seawall there, uh, shaking hands with some of the firefighters as they walk through the area. Geraldo, tell me a little bit about, uh, boy, you know, yeah. we're just watching it. Yeah. Tell us okay. where you are and wait, what's yeah. going on? Well, we're on the seawall. Uh, look at this. I want to show you something, Martha. Look at, look at, oh. <laughs> he gets <Whoa>. knocked out. <laughs> Almost swept out. I am. Are you okay? <laughs> he keeps a, takes a licking but keeps on ticking. This oh, time. my God. So Geraldo's on the seawall. Any of you who have ever been to Galveston, it's such a quaint, bohemian city. I love Galveston, but it's right on the Gulf of Mexico. And they have this huge seawall, which you're going to have to get used to, Lou. You and Sid, Sid Rosenberg out there in the Rockaways, you're going to have to put up a seawall at some point out in Staten Island, lower Manhattan, although they procured the money after Superstorm Sandy and they haven't done, again, Ugats or Bubkis. Anyway, it's a 20-foot seawall. So under normal conditions, you walk along the seawall, everything's copacetic, it's beautiful. But on that day when uh, Hurricane Ike hit, Geraldo Rivera was hit in with a wave and swept out to the Gulf of Mexico. Almost, if not for the firefighters there recovering him, that would have been it. Geraldo would have been D-O-A. But, Lou, let me bring you back closer to the tri-state area. These classic hurricane moments before Superstorm Sandy clobbered our area. Up and down the coast in 2012. And remember, El Jefe Shamu, Chris Christie, with his fleece jacket on, embraced Barack Obama. And that was it for Mitt Romney. Because it was right before the November 8th election. And that doomed Mitt Romney beating the uh, president at that time, Barack Obama. But a year before, when Hurricane Irene was barreling ashore, right in the northeast, Headed for New Jersey. Remember the classic statements made by Shabu El Jefe, Chris Christie. To folks again, uh, you know, I saw some of these news feeds that I've been watching upstairs of people sitting on the beach in Asbury Park.
get the hell off the beach in Asbury Park and get out. You're done. It's 4.30. You've maximized your tan. Get off the beach. Get in your cars and get out of those areas. Uh, you know, it, it, it amazes me that you have um, responsible elected officials from North Carolina, north through Massachusetts, uh, along with National Weather Service folks telling you that this is going to be an enormous storm, and for New Jersey, something that we haven't seen in over 60 years. Do not waste any more time working on your tan. Get off the beach, get out of your beach houses, and get to safer ground. Huh. Well, that turned out not to be on primetime Hurricane Irene. That's why people were so relaxed. When a year later, the warnings came about Superstorm Sandy. They said, yeah, you said that about Hurricane Irene in 2011. Shabua Hafe, Chris Christie, told us to get off the beach as we were watching the waves, the crescendo of waves come ashore. So guess what? We're not leaving the Jersey Shore. And kapow! Superstorm Sandy devastated whole towns. Well, anyway, as we speak about the governor of New Jersey, uh... Let us mention a historical moment that occurred. And I will tell you, this is something that so many people could relate to who are listening to WABC. And that's why I spent so much time in this 100th anniversary of saying, why, oh, why, do we not give more time to the king of talk radio, Bob Grant? Uh, you Huckleberry's here. You know, you, you, Lou, you know. But these huckleberries here, these hipsters and millennials, have absolutely no idea about the power of the king of talk radio. And it gives me an opportunity to resuscitate how powerful a broadcaster he was. He altered elections. Nobody else has ever done that. Look, Rush, at his finest, could not prevent Barack Obama from becoming president of the United States. Not Sean Hannity, the rock-ribbed all-American conservative voice of reason from Franklin Square, Long Island, or our own Mark Levin. But Bob Grant took Christine Todd Whitless by the hand. You know, she was a a patrician there. I guess you had been a uh, freeloader in Somerset County, you know, tending to the horses. This woman was a horrible candidate, and she was running against Jim Florio, who had finally been elected uh, back in uh, 86 after trying to run for governor twice before in New Jersey. In fact, he was a 10-term congressman from Camden County. The moment I say Camden County, corruption central, corruption central. But the point is... He ran twice. He wasn't afraid to run, that's for sure. He ran for governor in 1977 as one of nine Democrats seeking to unseat a fellow Democrat, Governor Brendan Byrne, who was a horrible governor. I mean, imagine, you're the sitting governor, and you got nine Democrats who want to replace you. And yet, Byrne persevered. And then Florio Free in 93 ran again in 1981, winning the Democratic nomination but losing the general election to... Tom Kent, remember New Jersey, and you never would move with his bottom lip with Brooke Shields. You remember those advertisements, Lou? Yes, uh, Governor Tom Kent, that's New Jersey, and you, yes, Brooke, uh, come out of the Blue Lagoon, say a few words for us. What the hell is she doing that commercial for? She's not from New Jersey. But anyway, that's past tense. 
This is about Jim Florial. Let me tell you something. Had the perfect pedigree for me. He wasn't one of those blue bloods like Christine Todd Whitless. He grew up in Brooklyn. And I got to tell you, his father painted ships in the Brooklyn Navy Yard. Jim Florio left high school, got a job delivering meat for a local butcher. I did the same thing for my uh, my uncle Jimmy Scavone Canarsi. And then he went and he served in the Navy. And he came back and he started to climb the hierarchy. So here it is. In order to get elected in 92, he promises he does the same Bush 41 uh, statement. Read my lips. No new taxes. You remember what happened there? Bush 41 raised taxes. And even though he was at a 70 percent acceptance level after the first war against Saddam Hussein to drive him out of Kuwait, the Persian Gulf campaign, 70 percent. He was on his way to reelection. So. Bush 41 figured, hey, I got the political cred. He raised taxes, and boom, he got slaughtered in the debates by Ross Perot, the loony Cazzoni from Texas, Arkansas, and from Governor Bill Clinton. And people said, nah, nah, not ready for prime time, maybe the next time. And you remember what happened because he raised taxes. Well, Florio promised that he wouldn't raise taxes, and he got elected. And then all of a sudden, two months later, this shows you, This shows you how politicians lie, lie, lie. He said, oh, I didn't realize the budgetary deficit that Tom Kane, the outgoing governor, left, the Republican governor. And I I, got to propose increases, and I got to start cutting some of the services. And so right away, even some of the Democrats revolted against him, but he was able to get it through the Democratic-controlled state Senate and Assembly. And then Christine Todd Whitless was chosen from Somerset County. She had been a freeloader. And she was, like, down in the polls. Bob Grant single-handedly took her by hand, took her on a bus tour starting at the Rio Diner in Woodbridge, New Jersey, and elevated her. And when you talk about close elections, there's no doubt about it. You want to know what the final uh, election tally was? This is incredible. She narrowly won. She got 49% of the vote to his 48%. Bob Grant was able to get her elected. I don't know of any other broadcaster in the history of this medium that had that kind of power. Later on, he took out Mario Facha Bruta Como in 1994 as he took Governor Pataki by hand. But the other thing about that election that came out later on is that Governor Florio, the Democrat, The reigning governor went into the black communities of Newark, of East Orange, of Irvington, all throughout New Jersey, from Camden to Jersey City. And you know what he did, Lou? He gave out street money to the black reverends, telling them, get out the black vote because they're mostly Democrat. Christine Todd Whitless and her campaign team came back later and said, how much did Florio give you street money? We'll double that. Just don't mention anything in your bully pulpits on Sunday about getting out to vote. You don't have to say you support Christine Todd Whitless, but don't urge your constituents to come out and vote for Jim Florio. And who tagged the line Florio free in 93 but the king of talk radio, Bob Grant. That's why in this 100th anniversary, he needs to be recognized. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He knows New York. He is New York. Cred that the others don't have. Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, Lou, once again this morning, five buses arrived of illegals coming from Venezuela who crossed the border at Eagle Pass in Texas, and they were put on the Greyhound, and they pounded the hound to hear the Port Authority. That was some of the buses. The other buses were filled with illegal Venezuelans who had crossed the border from Juarez into El Paso. And the Democratic mayor is putting them on buses and sending them to New York. In fact, where Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, said, oh, no, no, these these illegals are being forced to come here against their will. Wrong. His Democratic mayor in El Paso, who he's been communicating with and accepting the illegal aliens from, has said, yeah, 20 percent immediately crossed the border uh, and want to go to New York. They request to go to New York. And I did a deep dive. I did a deep dive. And I'm going to explain to you why momentarily, Lou, so... Keep, keep your marker out there on this lunchtime edition of WABC. But uh, they're pouring in, and obviously they're overwhelming the city's capacity to care for them. Uh, Eric Adams, a swagger man with no plan, uh, has stated he expects probably to cap out at 75,000 illegal aliens. Well, of course you are a sanctuary city. You love me in a sanctuary city. So welcome one. Welcome all. Meantime, let me give you the update on what we're paying for room at the Milford Plaza. Remember, initially, the Milford Plaza was the place where these illegal aliens would be housed as they come out of the Port Authority. Come on along, I'll take you to the lullaby of Broadway. Hickory and Valley Who, the lullaby of Broadway. And in the center of it all. Stay at the Milford Plaza Hotel with cocktail, dinner, and breakfast for $49.50 per person. Discover why we are the lullaby of Broadway. The Milford Plaza is the lullaby of all Broadway. Yes, uh, Lou, $49.50, cocktail, breakfast, and dinner, $49.50 a person. Uh, you know what the rates are now as we're being gouged with the taxpayers because Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, isn't paying for this. We are no help from Papa Chulo, Joe Biden in D.C. Uh, he has deaf ears to the Biden of Brooklyn, Eric Adams, and no help from Albany, from Kathy Crime Wave Hochul. Nope, we're on our own. You know what the room rates are now? $700. $700. How did he go? From essentially $150 a room two months ago to $700 now. Follow the money. I am telling you, the owners and operators of the Milford Plaza that have formed an LLT, or whatever the hell that uh, acronym is, 
are anonymous. Uh, they were on the cusp of bankruptcy in June to Bank of America, and now they're swimming in dough, courtesy of their friend, who they probably donated to, uh, Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan. By the way, he refuses to take any questions about his other harebrained scheme for the growing number of illegals being welcomed into our city, putting them on old cruise liners. Uh, he seems to have put that on the shelf for now. I think recognizing that to recommission these cruise liners that a mothball north of Fort Lauderdale to an elephant's graveyard for cruise liners would be so prohibitive and then how to manage the illegals once they're on the big boats as they're in the port of Manhattan, Red Hook in Brooklyn, and Stapleton in Staten Island ain't going to work. So his latest harebrained scheme is to put up the big tent in the parking lot of uh, Orchard Beach and to house a thousand single able-bodied men of Venezuela there, and he needs another site. And I'm I'm warning all of you out there, especially you, Lou, you and Sid Rosenberg, you're out in the Irish Riviera, the Rockaways. There are two sites that they're looking at now. I got this on the skinny. Floyd Bennett Field, which is right on Flatbush Avenue, next stop over the Marine Park uh, Bridge, a.k.a. Gil Hodges Bridge, and they're right in your backyard. Or they'll also set up a tent in Fort Tilden, which is between Breezy Point, and obviously, Rockaway Beach. That's right. So guess what? Share share the with the insanity. The big tents are going to go up whether you like it or not. And still, the mayor refuses to answer any of these questions because he's too busy in Puerto Rico. He's flown away, as the New York Post lead editorial says, uh, Mr. Mayor, you got to up your game. Now, remember, it was the New York Post that embraced him made love to him, coddled him. And during the Democratic uh, primary, uh, they interviewed only two candidates, him and Andrew Yang. They chose Eric Adams, and everyone was under the assumption, okay, that's their choice for the Democratic primary. When I won the Republican primary and crushed a person of no consequence, Fernando Mateo, uh, New York Post never even bothered interviewing me, even though I knew everybody there. It was a fait accompli. So now the fact that their, their lead editorial is saying, hey, up your game, Mr. Mayor, because they're basically saying you flew away from the storm here on our shore in New York City, the illegal alien invasion, the crime increasing, the homelessness, the emotionally disturbed, and the pending fiscal implosion as of January 2023 when we will be $10 billion in debt. But you see, the mayor has said, no, 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 this is all about our solidarity with the people of Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic. Yesterday, he was in uh, Puerto Rico, in which he said he was surveying the damage. You could have done that by watching TV, Telemundo, Univision, right? But he had to go personally with his whole entourage of cronies. And you know who's paying for it, Lou? We are the suckers. And today, he's in the Dominican Republic. And what is he there to do? Survey the damage. Now, what the hell are we going to be able to do to help the people in Puerto Rico who need electricity and need fresh water? What are we going to be able to do for the people of the DR, Dominican Republic, who need electricity and fresh water? We can't even provide fresh water in the public housing projects of the Lower East Side. The Jacob Reese housing project, remember? Oh, my God. There's arsenic in the water. Oh, my God. Hey, oh, 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 the mayor, he had this to say. He said, look, Puerto Rico is our sixth borough of New York City. 
Well, others would argue that it's the Poconos or Boca Raton where all the Altacacas are. And then he said the classic line, the people of Puerto Rico, we are tied at the hip with. I am completely open. You know, I'm a nightlife mayor, and I like to test the product. Yeah, and he was at night in Puerto Rico. Rolou, they were staying at the Condado in San Juan. You know how pricey the Condado is? And by the way, there's a lot of nightlife there. And in the DR, I haven't yet figured out where he'll be uh, spending time. But just ask Big Poppy. He knows all about the nightlife there. And what do you do when you're surrounded by the drop-dead gorgeous women? As we all know, cocaine comes flooding through the DR, transported on the ferry, along with the illegal aliens from the DR right into Puerto Rico, and then it's a hop, skip, and a jump into Washington Heights, into Inwood, and onward, up the hill, down the hill, first ward, fourth ward in Patterson, New Jersey. But I promised all of our listeners, Lou, that I would do a deep dive as to why so many of the illegals, upon crossing the border, immediately are saying, 20% of them, they want to go to New York. Now, I was of the impression that, okay, they saw the mayor, the swagger man with no plan, Eric Adams, welcoming them, along with Cardinal Dolan. Yo, Cardinal Dolan, oh, come. Uh, the sucker taxpayers will pay for all of you through Catholic charities. We'll get government grants. And by the way, come because we know that the predominant number of you are Roman Catholics and you'll fill the pews on Sunday because for the English masses, there are so few people there you can roll a Brunswick bowling ball through the pews, the aisles, and not hit anybody. But then for the Spanish language mass, packed to the rafters. And even though uh, the predominant number of the Hispanic illegals coming in are poor, impoverished, and indigent, hey, they feel obliged to throw a few pesos into the wicker baskets that are being turned around. It will revive the Catholic parishes, right? And who pays for that, Lou? We, the sucker taxpayers. But now, lower the music, Lou, because I have figured out what's going on here. I must say that I, along with others, were hopelessly wrong when understanding the number one reason why so many of the illegal aliens crossing over from Juarez in Mexico to El Paso, uh, crossing over from Mexico to uh, Eagle Pass in Texas. I did a deep dive, and I see why they would undertake a journey of thousands of miles that would lead them through perilous swamps and jungles throughout Panama, and then eventually through Mexico. you got to deal with all the bandits, the bad hombres there, the coyotes who rip you off. And if you happen to be a woman, a woman uh, they'll also take advantage of you sexually every chance they can get. But do you know what happens when you eventually show up for an asylum hearing? Because the whole idea is you hit the border loop and you claim asylum and you tell the Limigra Immigration and Naturalization Service and ICE at the Texas border, I am seeking asylum. I am a victim of a totalitarian dictatorship. 
So if you're from Nicaragua, these judges uh, probably supported the Sandinistas of Daniel Ortega years ago against the Contras of Ronald Reagan, just like uh, Comrade Bill de Blasio and his wife Charlene did. So they probably say, not good enough, Daniel Ortega is not a dictator, even though everybody knows for sure he is. So that's one. Number two, you could say you're a victim of gang violence, MS-13. And they say, well, wait a second, you come into our country, you go to Brentwood, Central Islip, you go out there to Hampton Bays, you go to Hempstead, you go to Corona, Elmhurst, Jackson Heights, you could be a victim of MS-13 there. No, 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 not good enough. The number one reason you have to use, Lou, is you have to say that you were victimized as a gay man or a gay woman because of the homophobic attitudes in some of these countries. Slam dunk, you're going to get in. Let me give you the breakdown. In the asylum courts, and remember, these are federal courts. You're supposed to show up for an asylum hearing. A lot of people don't. They slip through the cracks. They remain illegal. But some do. If you end up settling in Texas, only 17% are accepted in by the federal court in Houston, 33% in Dallas, 43% in San Antonio. Do you know if you go for an asylum hearing in New York, which is right down on Foley Square in the big Limigra building, you know how what the percentage is, Lou, or how many are accepted? 82%. And do you know what 82% of a lot of these illegals are using as an excuse? That they are victims of homophobia, they've been threatened with death, they've been tortured, they've been raped. Now, some of it's true. But how do you prove that? And, in fact, you know the new rules and regulations are you're not, you're not permitted to ask somebody their sexual orientation. You're not permitted to ask them their gender identification for citizens here in America and, obviously, for illegals. So it's a slam dunk if you use that uh, rationale. Meantime, Lou, I ask our audience to go to uh, Facebook at Curtis Lewa, Facebook at Curtis Lewa, or Twitter at Curtis Lewa. That's Twitter at Curtis Lewa. I have posted a video of one of the most outrageous attacks of the many attacks against women in the city of New York now, as the swagger man with no plan has basically abandoned ship. And uh, the female police commissioner, Sewell, is missing in action. You don't see her on any of these issues. Missing in action. You look at this video. It is at the Howard Beach train station. You know that well, Lou. Remember, you pass by there on your way to Broad Channel and then 116th Street, right? Last stop in the Rockaways or Mott Avenue. You decide not to go to Mott Avenue. Very wise decision of yours, Lou. You will see this monster. It's a black man with these glow-in-the-dark orange-red sneakers. He's chasing a guy through the connection of the Howard Beach Station to the buses that take you to JFK. Now, this is a place, unfortunately, that a lot of tourists save money. They figure, hey, I take the bus from the terminal, JetBlue, or I take it from Delta if it's an international flight, and then I go right to the Howard Beach Station, and I I catch uh, the A-train. Boy, that is dumb. But in this brand-new, pristine station, and it really is nice compared to the old Howard Beach Station, you see the guy, he's chasing this other guy who gets away. He grabs this female. you got to watch this, ladies and gentlemen. This will make his stomach turn. He's stomping the hell out of her. Another guy comes through the turnstiles. He sees it, and he runs in the other direction, momentarily stopping the attack. And the monster goes back 
and he starts beating the hell out of this woman. I don't know how she survived it. Well, we uh, put our crack uh, ace, Jimmy Olsen, reporter, from our newsroom on this, and he has gotten conflicting information. The NYPD told him through DCPI, yes, we are aware of this. We made an arrest, and we charged him with felony assault on Tuesday. I doubt it. Because then, doing good uh, good work, good backup work, as uh, Frank Diaz, he is, as I pimp slap him around on the weekends when he does his updates, and I do my endless shows where we're always broadcasting Curtis. He calls the Port Authority, and they say, no, that's an NYPD matter. NYPD says, no, that's a Port Authority matter, right? Which way did they go? Which way did they go? I am on this. Yesterday, Lou, my phone blew up, my cell phone, in the middle of one of my many shows on Sunday. It was people from Howard Beach, New Howard Beach, Old Howard Beach, and, yes, the beach that nobody knows about, Hamilton Beach, and that's not the blender. That is on the side between the railroad tracks and JFK. Curtis, can you send guardian angels? We can't believe the savagery of this attack on a woman. Again, no police commissioner, Sewell, first female police commissioner. She's been missing in action. Obviously, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, took JetBlue out of here. Man, he just blew out of here. He escaped the storm in New York City. I'm talking the storm of not being able to do anything about the high crime. But this case... In addition to the man on the platform at Barclays Center, last Thursday, 6 at night, a full platform, slices a woman, walks away. Nobody interferes. No cops, which is true in the case at the Howard Beach train station. And then goes upstairs and knocks out a woman and walks away with total impunity. There's a war on women in New York City. Rape is up about 86%. But the swagger man with no plan, Eric Adams, says he wants to help the people of Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic. Hey, pal, how about starting right here? Do your freaking job. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Come here, rude boy, boy, can you get it up? Come here, rude boy, boy, is your big enough? means, Lou? Of course you don't. Any of the hipsters and millennials around here, they're like comfortably numb listening to Pink Floyd all the time. They're brain dead. Do you think they would know what the term rude boy means? You're a rude boy, man, a blood clot, a Yankee boy. Of course they don't. I think uh, some guys in Howard Beach and Rockaway and Broad Channel would take great offense to being called a rude boy, but I don't know if they would take offense if it was Rihanna. The bombshell from Barbados, Barbadian, who has now been selected by Jay-Z. As you know, he's the shot caller for the NFL halftime show in partnership with those criminals and those thugs who uh, run uh, NFL franchises and tolerate all kinds of decadence and debauchery, especially during the halftime show. Now, let's look at some of the recent participants, Lou. We had J-Lo, remember, on the, uh, the poll shimmering uh, her assets and she was upset that she had to share the stage with Shakira the diva of all divas that she is hey hey diva 
from the Bronx. Jenny from the Bronx. Legitimately, Jenny from the Bronx. Understand this. In the Hispanic-speaking world, Shakira is way more popular than you, J-Lo. But that's one. Then remember, you had the old fart rappers uh, last uh, last Super Bowl halftime show. There was Snoop Dogg smoking a blunt. It was Dr. Dre pimping off you to buy those headphones that have made him a billionaire. From N.W.A., and then remember, coming on stage for a cameo appearance was Slim Shady Eminem. These guys are already AARP. So the reason I mention that is they should just let Rihanna have the complete halftime show. She's got enough songs. She is so good. She can entertain the crowd. But I know Jay-Z is probably going to want to dress her up in that S&M garb for one of his songs in which he had the, uh, she had a, oh my God, she had the whip. The chain. She was. Uh, <laughs> she had the butt plug. <laughs> she had the ball gag. The whole nine yards. No, no, no. Please don't expose America to that. Lou, Lou, Lou. Enough, enough of Rihanna here, please, because we got double trouble. Once again, the missing in action police commissioner Sewell probably knew nothing about this, but the NYPD decided in advance of the Rolling Loud Festival in City Field this weekend. I thought that was the hollow ground of your beloved Mets, right? Alonzo sets the RBI record. I get it. Uh, but DeGrom gets bombed out in Oakland. Oh, man. That was unexpected. But let me let me get back on track. Let me not digress. So they have this uh, Rolling Loud Festival that has all rappers. Of different degrees. You know, you have, um, uh, what's her name? Menage Trois. What, what the hell is her name? You know, I call her Menage Trois coming out of Jamaica. So she's considered like old school now. But then you have the drill rappers. And so the NYPD for the second time said, hey, these are the specific drill rappers you can't have on the stage. They did this once before in 2019 when they said Pop Smoke couldn't be on the stage. Well, Pop Smoke got smoked out in Beverly Hills when the bloods just filled him full of lead. That's a Canarsie boy. In fact, they got a mural to him on 82nd Street and Flatlands Avenue, all in blue because he's a crip. Uh, but he was one of the leaders of this drill rap movement, which is dis and dismiss rapping that leads to gunfire in the streets. Well, anyway, they said we are eliminating some of the drill rappers because they've been affiliated with recent acts of violence citywide. But they left other drill rappers on the bill and now the drill rappers, uh, who probably hadn't figured this out, but their agents have, uh, they've uh, lined up some ambulance chases, and they're going to be suing the city of New York. Now, remember, when you sue the city of New York, it's us. It's not Sewell, the police commissioner, missing in action. It's not the swagger man with no plan, Eric Adams. Remember, they have qualified immunity, whereas average cops don't to protect them from personal lawsuits. So they're going to sue us, and they're going to win this case. For a lot of money, because they're saying, wait a second, you're eliminating some drill rappers, but other drill rappers appeared, and apparently they pulled off the wrong drill rappers who were affiliated with recent acts of violence citywide. So once again, the police commissioner, who's going to hand in her papers, I predict, on October and retire on January 1st in one police plaza, refuses to move to New York City, and is hopelessly missing in action. On this one, it's going to cost us a pretty penny.